0: We talk about the latest rumors regarding Miles Bridges. Plus, we take a look at the coaching candidates, and David Walker wants to play a game intriguing or deceiving. That's all today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cause we laugh. We laugh. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail. Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson, L-O-H. David on Twitter at David B. Walker. And the show handle at Locked On Hornets. David, fun Friday. You got another long text for us. Intriguing or deceiving. You're trying to trademark a new game. And And you have... So thirsty interesting for questions. Hornets content, very thirsty. And you have some interesting questions to ask. So I'm excited. How excited are you to play this new game?
1: I'm so excited. I'm staying up all Thursday night now, guys, just <laughs> trying to get these texts out, just trying to get the content machine flowing. I think we're onto something. I think we're, I think we're, I think we're grooving. Yeah, I think you're on to something
0: and we're just (laughs) going to reap the benefits of it. Thank you so much for that. So we'll play that in the next segment. But first, we got to lead off with Michael Scotto of Hoops Hype. He actually had a conversation with Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer, somebody I imagine everyone knows well. And they talked about Miles Bridges first, but they also had some other interesting comments about LaMelo Ball, about the coaching search, about P.J. Washington, Isaiah Thomas, Montrez Harrell. So maybe we can bounce around after that. But Miles clearly being the headlining topic here and Michael Scotto referenced, he had talked to some NBA execs and they all think Miles is going to get at least 25 million a year and he's going to get pretty close to the max. Nothing surprising at all. In fact, I tweeted out, that a $25 million a year contract, I would consider a win for the Charlotte Hornets at this point, comparatively so. It's a lot of money. I'm not saying Miles is worth so much more than that, but just based off of what I think Rich Paul is going to get for him with another franchise. I hope it's only 25 million at this point, because I feel like the Hornets kind of have to pay him. Doug, we'll get to you in a moment. David, what do you think about Miles Bridges with the Michael Scotto reports that 25 mil is about what you're, uh, is going to be pretty much the low point that he's mm-hmm. going to receive out there
1: in restricted free agency. Yeah, I'm going with the Doug Branson school of thought. It's, it's not my money, right? Like we don't care anymore, but to, to your point, we got it. They have to pay him. I mean, I mean, I mean. We joke about that, but I think that's what it comes down to on this one. They have to pay him at this point. They they, they simply can't afford to 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 put this in a situation like Kemba. Totally different. Like totally different time frame and everything. But uh, this time around, I think they've got a pony up. I mean, really, he bet on himself, and it's going to pay off for him. But they can't afford to lose a guy that they've you know brought up through the system. Clearly clicks with Lamelo. Uh, both on and off the court, right? So I I don't think they have much of a choice here. They just got to hope that they don't hold hold them over a barrel uh, too much. Doug, no, you don't you never,
0: necessarily yeah. think that, right? Like you're kind of moving on if he gets too North of what, like twenty. is So
1: this is so Doug though. He doesn't care about the money until now, until like what happens now. So yeah, what's the difference here, Doug? I, well, I
0: don't care
2: about the money, but I care about the value. I care about the years really. <laughs> well, so let, I got to get a couple of things out of the way. First of all, we're on a mm-hmm. uh, YouTube live. So mm-hmm. if you've never checked us out live, we typically do it on Fridays around this time. Got some shout outs on YouTube. Deldrick says, Let's go. Never catch you guys live. Shout out to Deldrick. Thanks for joining us. Amber. Joins us a lot. Hello from Waverly, South Charlotte, in the hive. Luix, uh, I hope I'm saying that it's L U I X X. I'm going to go with Luix there. Nice. Uh, he's often on the chat. Uh, says good day from Chicago. So we're going to get back oh. to the chat. Another thing, I'm kind of shouting right now because there's a lot going on in my neck of the woods. I've got people out in front doing yard work, I got people across the street uh, redoing their roof. I've got people uh, across (laughs) the way doing construction on God knows what. So I got a lot of noise going on right now. So everyone just bear with me. We have to go live right now because I am celebrating uh, the ninth year of being married to producer Katie. Shout out uh, to one of the best producers of family and show that there is, (laughs) producer Katie.
0: Yeah, big time shout out.
2: So we we have plans for later today, so we have to go live now. Otherwise, I would have delayed until all of this madness is out of here. Okay. I've gotten all that out of the way. Okay. Gunna on the chat says, good morning. Moto says, first time here. Justin says, yo. MK says, love the live. Danny on the chat says, that's so, Doug. I'm, I think he's referring <laughs> to the fact that I'm completely right? flip-flopping on. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, right <laughs> Uh, well, that's you can never be wrong if you always take the position that ends up being right. It's um, true, <laughs> that's wisdom wisdom that I'm sharing here on a Friday. Uh, I want to actually, I want to go to this report, so I think there's a lot of interesting things in this report beyond the 25 million annually uh, number. Uh, there's there's some insinuations that like you you want to keep lamelo ball and miles together that's important because miles does some things offensively that are complementary to lamelo um so i think that's a big deal i think this is this is what lands me on the side of keeping miles is that this executive saying that these kind of players these strong wings that can get to the basket at will are hard to find. They're kind of like the defensive centers that we're that we're going to be searching for. There aren't a lot of these out there, and that's why Miles is going to drive a hard bargain because he is um, such a commodity. And the, the the other thing is that you know you 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 drafted this guy right, and right. he's your leading scorer. And uh, there was one funny part yeah. in this report. There's one funny part in this report where uh, Boone Rod Boone brings up the fact that you should pay your uh, leading scorer the most money, and it's like Rod, <laughs> that's not, that's not what we do around here. That is not that's not the way things work in Charlotte. We never pay our highest scoring player <laughs> the most money.
0: That's just not what we do. But it would be a nice change of pace. Um, So you are now firmly in the camp of keep miles bridges kind of no matter what, like, okay, well, here's the thing.
2: What? No, I I understand what you're asking and I'm going to answer your question. (laughs) I will answer it. I'll answer it like this. I'll start by saying this multiverses are big right now. Okay. I don't know if you've seen, there's this, uh, the movie that I'm going to see tonight with uh, producer Katie is, uh, it's called Everything Everywhere All at Once. I believe I got that title right. It's a multiverse movie. Is it about sort you? The,
0: I think Everything Everywhere All at Once. That's Right. That so it's in.
2: sort of, yeah, that's sort of uh, describes my my state of mind right mm-hmm. now. And then uh, also, obviously, Multiverse of Madness is out right now for Marvel, the big Dr. Doctor, um, Doctor Strange, I almost said Dr. Strange love, but it's just- Doctor Strange. Anyway, what I'm saying is, multiverses are big right now. This so I think
0: it's amazing from you. Very timers, This is it, guys. This, this, is, is, this, is, this is how this we do This is, it. is an a amazing. Segment. Friday. I mean, even What, for I'm, Go what on. I'm
2: saying is, in one universe, I'm very for this deal. And in another universe, okay. I'm scared of this deal. Um, and so I don't know. You know, I kind of hop from universe to universe day to day. <laughs> uh, that's where I'm at right now.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I look, Doug has given us those segments before and yet I don't I don't know if it was quite to that measure. I I just have no clue where Doug sits. I don't know what's going on and I appreciate all of it at the same time. Thank you for all of that. I, I think that there can be one universe that exists where you can feel that you want to bring him on and still be very scared of a $30 million a year contract for miles. Yes. It scares me too. You have to find a way to move off of Gordon Hayward. I would be a fan. I've talked about the Terry Rozier thing quite a bit, but Gordon has to be first that that's the number one contract you need to move off on, on one. You save some money doing it that way. He's older, he's injury prone. And one thing that is a benefit to having Terry Rozier on your team is that he's really been healthy for the most part. You know, maybe he gets run down because the Hornets have needed him so much offensively, but he's been pretty damn healthy over the past two years. And that's a bonus, but miles needs to get paid from this team for all of those reasons. You know, like Mikhail bridges, I think got somewhere to the tune of $23 million a year, same draft class. Jaron Jackson got a you know, hundred million dollars. So he got a big boy contract earned that defensively this year with the Grizzlies. We'll see how the offense can come about. And then we thought, all right, well, that happened before miles had this breakout season, maybe miles. I mean, is he going to get like 20 even with an improvement and then he shoots way up past that 30 is going to be too much. I, it, I'm not saying that's the kind of value that he is right now, but with LaMelo, with having a homegrown player. Plus, I just want to bet on players that are going to work really hard in the offseason, that it's over the top. It's a great point. and, and And I think Miles, even something here clicked for him. He got to the foul line. He realized, oh, I'm just bigger and stronger than everybody trying to defend me. I'm going to go take it to the basket. I'm still going to shoot 60% with inside the three-point line and shoot free throws and something click where he can just be a monster in space more so this season. I, I, I like all of that. I'm keeping Miles Bridges, even if it is a little scary and it might hurt your payroll.
2: What, one more, one more thing on this from me uh, is is that I think you're right on the thirty million dollar number. That scares me. And here's what I oh. also think: I think if a team like a Portland, which was mentioned in this report, as needing some some of the things that Miles Ooh. Bridges gives you, if Portland or if another team does come with a max max contract, and the Hornets get close. Yeah, I think Miles would sign oh, with you think Charlotte. A little discount, little a bit. little, a little well, because look, be Miles Miles that. understands his value, and so I don't think you can you you can't shortchange him. But I think if it's if it's a couple of million dollars, he's going to pick. I think he'll pick the Hornets. Why? Because I think he likes playing with Lamelo. Yeah. I think he likes this core unit. I think he I think he enjoys Charlotte and this franchise. Uh, I think he would stay.
1: Yeah, they've got to be selling that, too, right, guys? They've got to say, hey, look, Miles, we're trying to build something here. Uh, this We're not going to insult you with an offer, but if you can, you know, uh, do us a solid here, take a few million less it's a dangerous game. game here. It is, it is, but that's what the negotiations are about. I'm not saying that they end up on that, but, yeah, I mean, I think that's possible. If they're if he's weighing a place like Portland, which is just kind of a mess right now, and, and Charlotte that, that's clearly building towards something, that's got to be, Uh, in their favor. We'll see who the coach is, you know, when, when all these talks commence and, and, and take place. But uh, I think the Lamella piece I've said from the beginning, that's going to be a a huge check, you know, check mark in their column uh, for keeping miles. Well, yeah,
0: it's interesting too. We haven't really talked about this factor when looking at next coaches, but as far as what coach wants to come in and be that guy for the Charlotte Mm -hmm. Hornets, I I wonder how much of that Is contingent and contingent on the Hornets keeping miles, you know, how much are those conversations happening? We're like, look, guys, I'd love to be the coach here for maybe somebody established like Mike D'Antoni. Maybe he's like, look, I don't want to coach this team if you're just going to let miles bridges go. And then we're, you know, what am I doing here? What what are you going to turn that into? You know, it's not like you have a ton of cap space anyway, And are you going to keep Gordon Hayward? Is he going to be hurt? And then I'm dealing with this roster that's not going to win more than 40 games next year. So I wonder just how much that is a factor in some of these coaches. Even, you know, Darvin Ham has been linked to a lot of jobs over the years. I feel like he's actually wanted to go to the right spot where maybe he's also had some say. Maybe doesn't have a ton of leverage because he doesn't have a ton of, um, doesn't have any head coaching experience, but still can have some leverage in the fact that I've got it really nice over here in Milwaukee under Budenholzer. I won a championship. I could just stick around here until my right situation comes up. And if he's not guaranteed that Miles is going to be on the roster and any other coach that feels that way, they just might not choose to say, okay, Charlotte's where I want to start my career or in some of a Kenny Atkinson or D'Antoni's case, that Charlotte's not where I want to continue
1: my career. It changes the outlook for this team, right? It, it, it makes them have to go another step to figure something out. It feels like they've at least got slotted in LaMelo, Miles as as building blocks, as foundations. If they lose him, you're right. It's like, okay, now what are we counting on? Somebody who's never on the court. And that's the other thing. Miles has been healthy. He's been pretty durable. Mm-hmm. Even you talk about those other guys like Jaron Jackson, he, uh, he was, he's been hurt, right? I mean, you know so like these young guys when they have them when they're producing and they're getting better I mean are we saying miles is maxed out I mean I I don't know I mean yes this is a a pay year but you know I still think he's got room to improve and get better yeah it sure looks like he wants to so uh yeah I think you're you're counting on that when you're paying that money too right you're saying hey you know uh who knows what they work out in bonuses but he's in the all-star conversation he's in these conversations league-wide and certainly uh, they're fun, <laughs> right? They're fun as well. I mean, they're one of the more fun teams in the league because of LaMelo, because of Miles. So a lot going in his favor when they go to the negotiations.
2: And, you know, had he shot a little bit better from three and and been more of a factor on the defensive end, this would be a no-brainer for me, absolutely. But to Walker's point, which I think is the salient point, he does seem like a player that is desperate to improve his game and possibly the improvements that he made in the off season, maybe affected his shot in some way, like affected. So I think he's going to eventually work it out. I think if they give him a deal, um, they are not going to regret it ultimately, but they possibly could regret
0: letting him go. Yeah. All right. Coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast.
2: Oh nope! Ah. I was I was totally not ready. It's okay. For that one. Sorry. Yeah,
1: other other universe.
2: Got well in the other universe. I <laughs> in the other universe I nailed it. I'm not even like ready to go to you solo. So we're just okay. gonna have to yeah, just gonna get, give me what's coming up in the next segment right now.
0: Coming up next in the Lockdown Hornets podcast, maybe we'll put together some of the other points in that conversation between Rod Boone and Michael Scotto, but then intriguing or deceiving will make its debut. Thanks to David Walker. Not before we talk about belt bar, because you know, summer is coming and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go built bars are the perfect snack to take you uh, to take with you on family vacations, you can throw them in your bags and your kids backpacks, you can make sure everyone has a bar. So you're fueled for your summer adventures, no matter what they might be. They're healthy for you. They taste good. They're low in carbs they're low in sugar they're low in calories but they're high in protein and they're high in fiber they really max out to about like 130 calories sometimes i mean you compare that to candy bars it, it's just through the roof uh the difference between those two things go to built.com, use promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com let's finish up some of that conversation with rod boone and michael scotto intriguing or deceiving it's all coming up next lockdown hornets podcast this is Locked On Hornets. So rather
2: if you don't walk. believe in the moon landing, mm-hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement?
0: I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise it's rather
2: really than tough. counterclockwise. It's really tough. It's really tough.
1: It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast.
0: Hornets, part of oh, the Locked On nope. Podcast Network. <laughs> 14- Pop the- <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I have a baby. Uh, just- I have a... Listen, <laughs> listen. Just listen. throw everything listen. out there. Just play listen. Hold <laughs>
2: <No, no. laughs> on. Listen. Play it I have... Once. I have many transitions.
0: I've had
2: many transitions and I'd like to show them all off at once. Oh,
0: God.
1: The census overload. Oh, man. Here's the thing. I, okay. There's
2: another universe that exists uh, <laughs> where I don't have a baby, and this show is perfectly executed every time. Uh, this is not
0: that universe. <laughs> I don't know why that. I just thought we. You just literally pressed every button on the soundboard. <laughs> What's happening? Press, press, press. Let's try to fix it all. Oh,
2: hey, I mean, Timothy. Timothy on the chat says, "Doug, that hat is fire." Thank you. Yeah, oh, there it is. Is, uh, I got no, it the top yeah. what is that button yeah let me take my it's you know let me take my headphones off here and okay. get a little close oh, up here yeah. of this is uh is lj oh wow Apple.
0: okay that is fantastic yeah that is great and Honestly, plus i, I don't feel like that's remember a, i don't I think i don't remember
2: where i where i obtained that
0: What? Well, okay great hat to put that pin on i feel like it's a good match you could have put it anywhere but i did it come with that did the pin come with that or not with this particular
2: hat. I do. Okay. I get pins and I pin them to hats. So I got this mm. pin separately, uh, but I just I can't remember uh, Danny on the chat says, this is the Doug from the hot dog fingers multiverse. Yeah. Yeah. You will attest, uh, Walker will attest to that. Uh, I do this a lot when I'm making a point, just throw the hot dog fingers up. So yeah, um,
0: it was all in our face. I was going to lead in before the, the graphic collage that he threw, like Jackson Pollock, I was going to talk about my favorite things with this. Mm. It's like my my, my, reference. Yeah, there you go. I, I do love my, my favorite thing, a part of being the Lockdown Hornets podcast is when there is something really only pertinent to the show, like mm-hmm. the Vince Carter reverse uh, yeah, 360 yeah, yeah. dunk. Yeah. And when that shows up on Twitter and then Doug quote tweets it and, you know, talks about how it's really hard. I've tried it. And <laughs> well, then I got we get my, so many-
2: I got my quote wrong. I realized when I listened back to that right. bump that we just played, I got, it's really tough is what I said. I got my own quote wrong
0: yeah well that that's okay it's really hard it's really tough people got it people were liking it and then people respond jimmy brown i think responded with uh with uh the moon bouncing astronaut which was just great and i remember when myers leonard went nuclear in the nba finals or eastern conference finals and then everybody was tweeting at us hot shot leonard like the the, that is the best stuff (laughs) that
2: (laughs) that reference took a dive can't play that anymore
0: oh no but it's still great it's still yeah well that's true yes the the Sound by then it was great. All right, let's talk That's- a little bit more, just finish up some of that uh conversation between Rod Boone and Michael Scotto. Um, you know, they talked about the market for Gordon Hayward. They said Indiana was interested in a potential move for DeMontis a bonus and if I don't know what would have been the sweeteners, if it would have been Gordon Hayward, PJ Washington, some kind of first round pick in exchange for Sabonis, that would have been interesting. But I, I thought that was something to note from their conversation. I think Michael Scotto is, is the person that brought that up. They talked about um, Isaiah Thomas and how badly he wants to be back with Charlotte. Rod kind of emphasized that I've asked him a million times. He wants to be back. Lamello loves him. Lamello acknowledged himself that Isaiah really helped him. We saw that clip. I've referenced that a million times. Thought that was pretty cool. Okay. 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 Can I, can I,
2: yeah, can I stop there? I'm I'm so totally on board with bringing it back in some kind of team friendly kind of contract that doesn't kill their cap. And I'm sure they'll work that out, but you know, the backup point guard position has to be addressed. And I think it has to be addressed with a lengthy defensive minded guard, not an ish Smith.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, Well, IT, I thought was so big. He can still score. I mean, he can still fill it up, right? I mean, I think he's going to be valuable there. But also, we've talked about it so many times. They need some older voices in that locker room. They need some guys that have been on the block and can kind of show them how to do things throughout the whole season. I mean, you kind of forget IT was only here for what? I mean... uh, felt like a couple weeks or something i mean it was obviously towards the end of the season so having them for a full off season having them uh in the locker room the whole way i think would be a a huge boost uh and so yeah that'd be great but yeah doug i mean how badly do they need i don't know what names come to mind doug all i could think of was michael carter williams and we don't want to go down that road again i don't think it's okay uh you got any ideas out there (laughs) I I think there's
2: some options that they could look at in the draft, but um, Mm, I I don't know that that would necessarily be plug and play. So, yeah, I I need to take a look at the market. But I would hope if it's there, they can figure out some way to make that happen uh, because, you know, I thought it was a big, you know, Having to rely so much on Terry Rozier for backup point guard at points during this season was a detriment to
0: the team. And and he played more point guard this season than he did last year, for sure. Um, I think basketball reference credited him with more than 30% compared to the year prior. It wasn't, I don't think it was that much. Um, Anyways, all right. So those were some of the other points between that conversation. Go, Go ahead. Sorry,
1: just jumping back to that. I mean, how interesting. It is Indiana and Gordon Hayward. Because I mean, if that's still a thing, I would hope those oh, yeah. communications are still ongoing. I mean, well, that's, uh, it, it's, you know, that's,
0: uh, that's the price you pay when you don't make that deal at that time. And and I don't know oh. if Miles, how much Miles Turner was a part of that conversation and knew we could just exchange injured player for injured player, except, right. you know, this one is going to be coming off of the book sooner in Miles Turner if the Charlotte Hornets would have received that and it fills a need and he's not 30, you know, like, so there, there would have been, if Indiana really wanted Gordon Hayward, then that would have been the thing to do, but they didn't. And um, I, the one other thing we should mention about him real quickly is, is that when Scotto referenced his conversations with execs, they said it was about neutral value. That contract was, which if you're a Hornets fan, if, if that's true, I don't know how true that is with everybody, but if that's true. You're celebrating. I mean, all right, can we get some neutral value for, for sending Gordon Hayward out? Because they do acknowledge uh, how good right. a wing player he is. I mean, that's that's great. So if he's a good wing player, if another franchise thinks he's a good wing player that hey. the contract is like kind of brought down because of his injuries, but only to a, you know, a neutral
1: level, as I mentioned. Well, yeah, remember, remember Mitch. I mean, that's what he's been selling all along. Is the best player on <laughs> yeah. the roster, right? I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's that's what we were theorizing. So my God, if that perception is out, there yeah and it feels like we're really slamming gordon at this point but we just haven't seen him you know we just he just hasn't been a part of the deal and so the problem is can... money for availability i, I yeah. he's a real he's a good player and and i th- think he fits really well
0: with this team problem is money and availability it's not about um it's not about his overall ability and maybe yep. his his you know not so much fitting with this roster all right you're ready to play some intriguing or deceiving at least half of it before we move on you guys want to do that <laughs> I I've been am. waiting to get to this. As soon as I read that text message, it's all about the That's coaching search. And we're going to start with Doug's boy, Mike D'Antoni. So intriguing or deceiving Mike D'Antoni. Can he unlock LaMelo ball or is D'Antoni past his prime offense only? Uh interesting. So is he going to uh, pass his prime offensively? We'll go with Doug on this one. This is your boy. You can lead us off here. So what do you think Hmm, about Mike D'Antoni? I
2: wonder what I think.
0: Intriguing. (laughs)
2: Absolutely. You're talking about a guy who's been coach of the year twice he has led teams to 50 wins multiple times. 5 0 people. It's an important number. The Hornets <laughs> oh, haven't had yeah. 50 wins uh, since <laughs> since I was a little, little boy. Um, so uh, <laughs>
0: that was kind of crazy. A yeah, little said baby,
2: that. little baby boy watching mm-hmm. it on a tiny little television that I had on my bookshelf. Um, yeah. So I am interested in, in winning 50 games in a regular season again and getting to the playoffs. He's taken teams to uh, conference finals. That would be cool to see. That's something that's never right. happened in Charlotte. I think it's always good to bring in someone who has really good experience doing things that is a franchise you've never experienced before. I think the Hornets would count themselves lucky if D'Antoni agreed mm. to come and head
1: coach this team. Wow. Okay. All right, David. Wow. Intriguing or deceiving to you? Yeah, I think he is a name, right? We know that Doug likes that. He is a name. Um I, I,
2: I he, it, why? Why? Because he wins. If you win, yeah. you're a name. Well,
1: except on the, the spots if where you, he doesn't, it, right? I mean, right. Well, except for a couple that's, times where he does. Where? That's, New York.
2: That, New York. I mean come Houston. on. Houston.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's here. where it can be a little deceiving. But to me, I think the prop the the uh the prospect of him unlocking Lamelo, right if that's the step they take here let's we're talking about conference finals tournament no 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 this team's got a couple steps to make before they get in those conversations and to me i think the idea of him taking Lamelo and just unlocking him completely is is pretty interesting pretty intriguing if you will so that's where i land on the mike d'antoni talk you know they got to figure out the defense obviously Uh, that's going to be something that's done via roster via via attitude via coaching via player that's a that's a cross the board problem I think if you bring D'Antoni in here and he works with LaMelo and they play that type of offense that they had going with the Suns and Steve Nash and all that that could be really uh something else so uh, I think it's intriguing
0: yeah maybe it's surprising I mean definitely the LaMelo ball aspect it's extremely intriguing I mean I We know offensively, we know point guard wise, we know how much success Mike D'Antoni has had. And so like, I'd be fine with him being the head coach. I'd rather have some of these other guys we're going to get to but how could you not be intrigued with what he could do with a LaMelo, you know, offensive minded, extremely good in that regard. And so I'd be, yeah, that would be awesome to see that relationship work out. I don't know in that report. Again, we'll go back to that conversation. I think Michael Scotto referenced that they're not sure if the Hornets would want to pay the money that it would take to get Dan because again, he is older. So you would have to imagine if he's going to come out and do this day to day thing, it's got to be worth his while not only just based on the roster but also based monetarily like you got to go ahead and pay me a lot more money cuz i've yeah you know, i've already had my successes elsewhere um so we'll see exactly how that takes place but yeah got to be intrigued at least with those two right with that player coach relationship that would be fun to see grow
2: by the way the guy who uh was credited with helping dan tony actually form a competent defense in houston jeff bizdelic is right. bizdelic bizdelic is yeah available was last the associate head coach of the new orleans pelicans but was not retained in 2020 so he's sitting around got nothing to do hey how about coming to help coach up a defense with a superstar in Lamelo ball i think That'd that's be great i think that would be you know what i think that would be
0: intriguing it would be intriguing and uh it would be maybe getting you 50 wins by the way jeff as Delic coach of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons once upon a time. So he would be coming back. You know, Michael Jordan would love an ACC intriguing guy there. Um, Let's move on to one more and then move on to the next segment. Darvin Ham, intriguing or deceiving? Has he learned enough from Bud over the years? Or are you really asking the question, what's taken so long? So which side of those two questions do you fall on? David, we'll start with you. What's intriguing and what might be deceiving about Darvin Ham?
1: Yeah, well, you hit on it a little bit earlier. Maybe he's just trying to pick his spot, right? I mean, he's been a name on the rise, and he's been a name in a lot of these conversations for a couple of years now. Uh, I mean, I first knew him when he shattered the backboard on Carolina. and I think a lot of people of know him that way, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Darvin Slam, thing, more like. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the thing I think that's intriguing about uh, Darvin Hamm coming into this locker room, you know, it seems like today, more than any other time maybe in NBA history, and that's just based on, you know, the years going by, is these guys really respect former players, and I think there's voices carry a long way. You see, you know, Willie Green in, in New Orleans, and, and throughout the league, a lot of these former players are coming in, and have an instant credibility you know what i mean so if they're going to go that route on someone that has not been a head coach i think that that would be a a good play you know not not to mention like i said he's getting mentioned in all these uh coaching searches so i I think ham uh would really be someone who could come in instantly be the be the older voice and you know be the teacher at at the same time so i I think that's an intriguing part of his uh, prospects Doug, how intriguing do
0: you find Darpenham, despite him not having any head coaching experience?
2: Well, I think it's intriguing, as you said, that that he hasn't uh, been a head coach yet. That well, I don't know if it's him picking a spot. I think he would be smart to pick a spot, right? I mean, because you these opportunities don't present themselves very often, and so and, and you know, I think that first head coaching position can really mark you. As as someone who can either build a successful team or not, and and really, uh, you, you know, we've seen uh, head coaches come in who were or, were assistant head coaches for a long time and had that reputation, and they get that first job, and it, and it doesn't necessarily work out for reasons that are outside of their control, and then they struggle to find another job um, as as head coach. So I think he does have to be selective. You know, that's why I think Darvin Ham might not really be leaning towards Charlotte because Charlotte is not, it's not a proven place. It hasn't been a proven place in a very long time. They haven't uh, won a playoff series in 20 years. So you would have to have a pretty big ego to think you're going to come in and change that. I mean, 20 years of not winning a playoff series is a, is a deep hole of failure uh that you must think you can dig yourself out of and if you don't want to take that risk if you'd rather go somewhere with that already has multiple proven superstars you know then Charlotte's not going to be the place you select so i, I, I think it's intriguing from that perspective uh i think Darvin Ham's going to be a great coach uh, i just don't i don't know that he's the right coach for Charlotte right now and i don't think that I I I don't know if Darvin Ham believes that Charlotte is the right place for him.
0: Yeah, I don't know what Darvin Ham believes, but and I don't know if ego carried any negative connotation with how you framed it. I love it. Give me confidence if you want to go with that word. Like if he can come in and think this is a roster I can win with, especially if Miles Bridges is back and Lamelo. Those are my two guys leading the way. Hell yeah, man! Like let's go ahead and go at it. I, I like all of the different. Aspects he's helped with teams. Darvin Ham got his start with the Lakers and player development. So he checks that box. And then he goes on with Mike Budenholzer, has had success with two different franchises under Bud. If you look at the coaching tree under Mike Budenholzer, so it's kind of like Greg Popovich, and then you go on this branch, Budenholzer, and then this branch, you have like Quinn Snyder a little bit, mm-hmm. and maybe Darvin Ham. There's been some success stories there. And if he can choose the right spot, and if he feels like the Hornets are that spot then there is enough talent. It's the reason we let go of Borrego, right? Because we do believe that there's something better to be unlocked. And if you think there's something better to be unlocked, that means you think they can win more than 43 games. That means you think you can get to the postseason. And in reality, that's what we're asking. We're asking to get out of the play-in tournament and get to the postseason. So you don't even have to come in and think, I'm going to win this postseason series, move on to the second round right out of the gate. We're just asking that you get to the playoffs. And if he, if he feels like he can do that, because the fan base has made it clear, they fan base, majority so, they think that this team can get to the playoffs. I think the front office feels like they can get to the playoffs with the roster at hand and maybe some fine-tuning. And if that's the case, I think Darvin Ham is that guy. Color me intrigued. All right, we're going to move on to the third segment. We're going to give Doug enough time because he has a baby to get ready for the transition to this next segment. So coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We nailed it. Coming up next, we are going to... Uh, kind of give you a little bit of insight into the every Hornets box score show that we're going to be unleashing, going to start to get into that a little bit more, maybe finish up some of the uh, intriguing or deceiving conversation as well. So kind of bouncing around a couple of different topics coming up next. But now before we talk about that Bet online, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info, find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's basketball playoffs, major league baseball, and this weekend's run to the roses as the Kentucky. Contund- hockey derby is back bet online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs esports and more head to the website today or use your mobile device you'll learn more about the trends and the action bet online where the game starts we'll finish up coming up next on the Locked On hornets podcast this is locked on hornets we need mitch kupchak to throw a party like sam Presti. can he party like Presti? And Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, but who are you going to get to perform? Because remember, guys, they got Nas. I, they did get Nas. Man, who is Mitch Kupchak getting to that Nelly. party to perform? Can we get Nelly? No. Can Master we Master P.
1: I hate you right now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
0: All right, Doug, did you want to read some comments before we maybe try to go rapid fire with these next intriguing or deceiving questions? I know you like to scroll. We haven't given you your scroll time. So why don't you scrolling, go scrolling,
2: scrolling? Tony Davis, shout out Tony on the chat saying Rajan Rondo would be great for ball as a backup point guard. Okay. Oh, Denny Schroeder, I think, is going to be out there too. Schroeder, Schroeder. Uh, I think Ooh. he's going to be out there as well.
1: Could be. Kind, some, of a, some, kind of there's some explosive personality.
2: Yeah, there's some yeah, you're going to take some risk there, but a, another uh somebody that can that can play defense. Uh let's see. Someone in the chat, I got to scroll a little bit to shout them out, but someone did ask which of us out of us three who would be the best coach. Best mm-hmm. head coach of a basketball <laughs> team. David, you kind of don't, don't you have a little experience here? Aren't you sort of the coach of your men's league team?
1: Uh, exactly. Thank you for bringing that up. Doug had a tough game <laughs> last night, uh, battled back <laughs> from down uh... 10 at half, uh, wow. to win it, uh, won it. Yeah. In the, going away in the, in the closing minutes, thanks to some clutch free throws by the guys. But no, it's, uh, uh, uh <laughs> all credit to them. I think I've actually settled into more of an assistant role. Uh, so I think maybe, uh, I mean, Doug, I like lucky captain the ship Walker's got the, you know, the more of the playing experience. I don't know. I, I, I would be more of the assistant, I well, think just I, kind I, of the man behind the scenes. I just the go back to architect.
0: There you go. You, you can do that. I like Doug's tweeting the other day about John Morant when his answer was just go get a bucket during one of the late game situations. I like everybody gathering in a huddle, Doug Branson getting out his clipboard breaking it throwing it to the fans and saying hey just go get a bucket and then them doing it and crediting doug branson with the excellent x's and o's draw afterwards i think doug branson should be the head coach of whatever team we're all going to be a part of let's do it let's do it
2: i'd rather i'd rather break it over my knee than be like doc rivers and everybody like take pictures of him in these like clutch huddles with nothing on the board (laughs) Just this guy's got no ideas he's out of ideas
0: Yeah. And go ahead, Doug. Did you have something else on the coaching front for all of us? Well,
2: I was just going to say, I don't think I would be a great head coach. I'm a little, I'm a, I'm an idea person. I'm, I'm creative. I'm all over the place, but like, I don't, I don't know that I can like, I'm not a great organizational person. So I don't know how, how Pull well it I would do Yeah. I'm more of an architect. I'm more behind the scenes. I'm the associate head coach. In fact, I do have some experience. I did. I was the associate head coach of a uh, a five-year-old league team uh, that did win a championship uh, was my boss's kids team he wanted he wanted some you know some basketball knowledge on the team so I came in there I actually got these five-year-olds and if you've ever coached little kids it's like herding cats so uh, there's very difficult to get them to do anything that's or focus on worst. anything in fact we had one we had one kid on the team who just when you subbed him in um, he just ran around with a little shark fin on his head and just ran around that, that's all he did that was his Scary. role he was a shark forward, and um, that was that was his role in the team. But uh, we did teach them by the end of the year how to run an inbounds play. So if I can architect that, if I can build that, if I can get five year olds to run an inbounds play successfully, by the way, got a bucket and won the championship. Awesome. I think uh, I think I could be at least. Yeah, I want to be behind the scenes. I want to be the associate.
0: Did the coach. point shark score? Uh,
2: that ha- zero, happened. Zero. No zero point, point shark.
1: Three okay zero points, zero points but did it in so style we don't have, I mean, so we don't style. have a head coach really this has gone on for a long time i guess i mean i can be <laughs> it if you guys want to be like the puppet masters behind me i could that's, be the face of the franchise that's fine, that's fine. just pl- yeah
0: you that would be great i think that's probably gonna work the best all right <laughs> let's rapid fire move through the other head coaching candidates kenny atkinson David asked, somehow guided that Nets team to a playoffs or fired from that Nets team for a reason? What is intriguing and deceiving about those two opinions? Are you going with the former or the latter? Doug, we'll start with you. Rapid fire, go.
2: I'm in on Kenny Atkinson. If, if D'Antoni isn't interested in the move or doesn't like the money or whatever have you, um, I'm in on Kenny for sure.
0: Okay,
1: David? Yeah, a little worried he didn't handle the superstar attitudes and athletes in KD and Kyrie, but on the flip side, he knew to get the hell out of there. So I think that's a thumbs up for him. <laughs>
2: but Melo, well, and Melo think- and, and Miles haven't shown that same maybe not yet, but they haven't shown that same right. inclination towards throwing their weight around a lot. So
0: Yeah, I I, I think I like any Atkinson fine uh, he's not one of my favorites i like any it feels Atkinson like the safe choice enough. right it feels like the safe choice and almost like a it feels a little Borrego to me right i mean he's known for his player development you know, he's, I I don't, you know, the offense with the nets, it relied on D'Angelo Russell a little bit, but you did get to see him, you know, really grow as a player. And at the same time they won 42 games and the next year they didn't win as many. It's, it's not like he had a winning record the next season. And so, you know, oh, let starting start. I think he's fine. I, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't love it. Sean Sweeney. Is he a defensive architect or was he just lucky to have Luka Doncic? Um, where are you going with that, David?
1: Yeah, not on defense, Luka Doncic, but just to have him to get those wins. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a whole, this is a great group. I think I agree. Doug said it yesterday. They've done a great job of just putting the feelers out there to all these guys. I think I think this guy, Sweeney, I I, had, I didn't know much about him, but once you deep dive into him, he's had a, he's come up, I think, from the film room as well and done that thing. Uh, what he's done there uh, at Dallas, though, that's impressive. I, I just don't know quite enough about him and, and what he's bringing to the table on the whole. Uh, but certainly in Dallas, to Make that team. And that's, I think if you're looking at him, you're saying that's exactly what we need. Like, we need this team. We need somebody to flip the switch on the defensive side of the ball. But it's just hard to judge when you come out of there. Uh, You know, you have Luca, they kind of fall back on that. Uh, But, you know, uh, he would be intriguing, but uh, a little bit more of the unknown for me.
2: Yeah, so totally, too unknown. Um, I respect everything he's done. Come on down and be Mike D'Antoni's defensive coordinator, and then and again, uh, D'Antoni. <laughs> D'Antoni's older, and this might be his last rodeo. Doug so. has a
1: favorite. I think that's.
0: Clear. I agree. I think there is somebody that Doug would rather go with. Love Sean Sweeney. Love the fact that he was uh, credited to be the sole defensive architect of their much improved defense in Dallas. Plus, I kind of like that he saw what it is, what it's like to be a coach on a staff that has a super, superstar that's also really young that also had some volatile moments last year. That's the reason for Rick Carlisle ousting where he decided, you know what, I'm just going to hang it up. So he got to see what worked, what didn't work. Love Sean Sweeney, would welcome that hire very much so color me intrigued last one quinn snyder are you out on everything jazz david proven success flirting with the lakers did utah implode where are you on the intriguing or deceiving debate surrounding quinn snyder
1: yeah I, I did say i was out on all thing jazz um i may walk that back just a touch going to uh, the other universe especially yes i'm, going to, the, yes. I'm going to the good <laughs> going to the Gobert-verse. Um, you know, um, I'm not sure what's going on with Quinn. You know, uh, is he flirting with the Lakers? Is he having this hip surgery to kind of put things in limbo? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, the proven success is there. Uh, for me, it doesn't quite feel like the right time for Quinn to come in here. Uh, it feels like he would be biding his time more for that Spurs job, perhaps. So just too many too many right now for me and Quinn to, uh, to, to you know, to, to commit. Where are you going, Quinn Snyder, Doug? You like Quinn?
2: Yeah, I think Quinn's interesting. I, I I'm kind of now thinking that he may be. You know, after being in Utah for a long time, you know, I think I think Quinn. I wonder if he's just ready for like a really high profile job. I'm just yeah. not sure that Charlotte is high profile enough for Quinner. Um, so I I'm not out on Quinn Snyder. I think he'd be a fantastic coach. I'm out Ties on the to the idea. area.
1: Yeah, I'm area, out on. The, yeah, but I'm important. out on the
2: idea that Quinn would be as interesting. I think if I think we'd be hearing more about it by now, if if he were going to be the name.
0: Yeah, I don't think he's going to be the name, but I like Quinn Snyder. I think a lot of that Utah implosion was uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert's Gobert. Yeah. And I think, you know, they just relied so much defensively on Rudy Gobert. Some personnel decisions they made didn't necessarily help them out defensively, which is ultimately their undoing. All right, try to make this quick. I guess we're going to do a selection show for our next box score that we're going to analyze a part of the Every Hornets box score show. And yes, that is not some kind of term that, well, it's not every, literally every Hornets box score. No, but Doug's goal (laughs) over the next however many years is to go through every single Charlotte Hornets box score. Doug, why don't you take us away for this next segment?
2: Yes, yeah, so this will be part of the Locked On Hornets podcast. It's powered by the folks uh, that have uh, been with us on Patreon.com uh, for a long time. Uh, we'll, throw, we'll throw a link to that in the description if you want to support the production of every Hornets box score. But it'll be part of this Locked On Hornets universe. And essentially, we're going to select one box score... For this first season, we'll do a season of these shows. We'll select one box score from five different eras of Hornets basketball, beginning with the early Hornets era. It, it, it makes up about 587 games, all total, um, I think we're looking at uh, close to 2,500 games at this point. The only the only season is this previous this last season that we just had. I didn't include that in the very last era. And so I thought today we're working on this project. It's going to take us a, a little while to put together. But I thought I'd introduce the idea. Every Hornets box score we are going to eventually get to everyone. David Walker and I will look through the box score. We'll examine some things. We'll dive deep into some uh, some you know conversation pieces that we want to dive into. I hope to pull some of these more obscure characters in Charlotte Hornets history into some of these shows. We've interviewed Dave Hoopin Hoppin. Um, I hope to do some more hopping type interviews where we bring, you know, ninth, 10th, 11th players on some of these Hornets teams to give us their perspective on not particularly that game, because these players don't often remember (laughs) a uh, October or November or January game in 1992, but to at least give us some perspective on that era. So we'll we'll really dive into this this offseason to get some perspective on the history. So for this episode of the show. Let's go to the screen share.
0: Nice job.
2: And I've got my fancy wheel uh, that I've developed here for Era One. And if I pull <laughs> Look at that up thing. Wow. So this <laughs> goes from the very first game, oh November fourth, nineteen eighty eight. Scroll, 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 scroll all a the lot way of down. Scrolling. To 0504 1995. Um, so this takes us through this like first muggsy L J ZO era, and then we move into the late Hornets era uh, once some trades start to happen, and we move past the L J ZO era of the Hornets. So if you gentlemen are ready, and if the people on the chat They're are ready, ready. Yes. we will spin this wheel and officially declare the very first box score that we will look at as part of every hornet's box score here we go look at that. <laughs> this is so exciting which will it be what's gonna what's it gonna be <laughs>
0: there's so many ah. 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 can't ah. see it okay. oh. Nine, 89 going early
2: yeah there we go let me get some fanfare here 1989 super early february 5th 1985 so we can go ahead and just like take a look at this box score 1989 scrolling scrolling
0: scrolling you have the Feb- spreadsheet for every game i want people to understand just how insane amazing that is i mean you you have every box score i do
2: yeah each sheet so i've got late hornets i've got the bobcats is era three era four is the death of the bobcats <laughs> and then era five is the hornets return right. that takes us 2016 to present day but going back here, what did I say? February 5th. Here yep. we go. Cavaliers versus the Hornets. Oh, man. Oh, this is going to be a defeat. That's unfortunate. Elite logo
0: game. A rough one. Cavs is a great logo.
2: Yeah, Hornets a great logo. Love I mean, the original course. logo. It's classic. 110 to 91. Uh, Hornets getting off to a rough start in, mm. in 1989. Beat we know those, <laughs> those first couple of seasons were a little rough on the
0: Hornets. And um, Come on, Kelly yeah. Trapuca. Is he playing in this game? We well, to let's... Play. Hey, we can... Tuka we had to
1: play. We can find. I mean, this is inaugural season, right? Correct. Um,
2: So your your starting lineup for the Charlotte Hornets: Michael Mm Holton, Robert Reed. Oh yeah, Rex Chapman. uh, Huge. Maybe we can get him on the show. Social Uh, media. That's the
0: one to go for. Yeah. (laughs) That would be.
2: Kurt Rambis, um, currently I think trying to ruin the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We
0: can ask him about his likes on Twitter if you want to. Oh, I don't. Maybe not.
2: Uh, Earl that. But look at this, but look at this, uh, uh, bench unit here. Bogues, Trapuca, Curry coming off the bench. Dave Hoopin. uh,
0: We went four for four in that game. He needs more playing
2: time. Well, we might have to call him up and see if he remembers going four for four for 8.7 mean, That's a game. Five turnovers. Got to cut those
1: out. Dave, come on.
2: Oh yeah. That's a lot. Uh, let's look at now. Come on. Hot Rod Williams. That's gotta be top nickname. I don't know. Is that a price? Brad Doherty. The price. Brad Doherty. Yeah, I need to zoom in, don't I? I'm, I'm a little... Yeah,
1: I can uh, barely see.
2: Yeah, sorry. And, okay. and, and I'm going to struggle here. Let me see if I can bring up the screen share because I adjusted it for the actual wheel here. So let's do that. Let's do that. There we go. Uh, mm, yeah, so we got Ron Hot Rod Harper, Williams, Ron Elo. Harper, Brad Doherty, Dollar Mark blood. Price, Mike Sanders, Craig Elo, very famous.
0: How about Tree Rollins in there? The very bottom, Tree Rollins getting some run. Five so minutes. so
2: here's what I propose for this first episode, because really these selection shows are about figuring out what we're going to talk about. I think we need to talk about nicknames or names, just NBA names of the 1980s. Since this is 1989, okay. we're wrapping up the decade. So who would like to take the assignment of figuring out the top 10 names, NBA names of the 1980s?
0: Of the nicknames, <laughs> David, yeah. do you want it or am I going, I got it? it. You got, got it. it. All right. All right. David's right. going to be,
2: David's going to be on assignment to find the top 10 names. Names can be names or nicknames. Sure. Uh, because I I don't tree Rollins. I mean, we can see if that. They no, might have I'll, two. Is that what
0: we're saying? You have tree Rollins and hot rod Williams. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've
2: got two of them right here, but yeah. So yeah. tree was a nickname. Wayne, um, Monty Rollins, otherwise known as tree Rollins. So, yeah, okay, David's on assignment. I mean, Walker, are you seeing anything here that you want to explore, want to take a little deeper dive on?
0: I just, you know, maybe what they're known for, you know, like, because I I see Darnell Valentine and I feel like, if I'm not mistaken, that's Denzel's dad. I think that's correct. And then he became a coach. Maybe I could be wrong, but I think that's the case. Chris Dudley, the thing I think about him is when Shaq dunks on him. It's the most disrespectful moment in NBA history. Um, you know, I go back to uh, you're going all over the place. I was looking at some of the roster. Yeah. Long career. Is that, is that Dudley right there? Yeah. Didn't realize that. Um, you know, Ron Harper being there before his Bulls days in the last dance, they talked about how Craig Elo should not have been guarding MJ. It should have been Ron Harper. And it's like, poor Craig Elo, because Ron Harper's not stopping MJ either. So just all of that throwing at the screen. And uh, I could just basically do some Nerd Corner stuff, just decide, you know what, this yes. might be interesting and share some interesting facts.
2: Okay, so Walker's going to handle Nerd Corner. I'm going to track down one of these Charlotte Hornets and try to get them on the show. Uh, Bogues is promoting a book right now. That's I think he's gettable. Yeah. I don't know what Tim Kempton's doing right now. See, eventually I'm going to name somebody who's dead, and I'm going to feel really bad about it. I'm sorry. It's going to happen. He's got a Twitter account, Um, so I'm really I'm just clicking here. Very oh oh yeah oh so he does broadcast. Okay, so he's in media. That's gettable. I think. Um, all right. So I might be able to get old Timmy Kempton on the show.
1: Talk about his Dr. time. K.
2: Second, he played for the Clippers in 87. <laughs> ah,
1: I just gave away one of the good. News. I was about to say that. Was, oh my God. Was, he, was played played from, that, he played from
2: he played from 89 to 94 for the Hornets. I just don't associate Tim Kempton as a five year Hornets player.
1: I can't. I mean, I had no clue he existed to be honest. Well,
2: maybe he I did. did, know did that. Oh, let's see. Save
1: it guys. Save it guys. Don't go too deep right now.
2: Okay, so no, he didn't play. So he bounced around. He played in 88, 89, and then 93, 94. So that solves it. He played nine games in
1: 93, Uh, 94. uh, Yeah, the reunion tour. So we. (laughs) Tim Kempton. Make sure you check us out where
0: we talk about Tim Kempton in death.
2: Hey, that's what this is all about. It's about diving deeper than you ever wanted to go. I bet Kempton, I bet Timmy Kempton has a pretty good Hornet story. You just don't. No, at 6'10", 245. I just 10. remember
0: asking Dave Hoppin if he had ever done an interview since he retired from the NBA, and he said no. Like that this was – <laughs> when we hit him up, he was surprised that he was being asked that's, to do an interview.
2: That's our I, wheelhouse is I interviewing think, people.
0: And, and I think maybe like some Creighton stuff, if I'm not mistaken, he might have went there, and, and I, I think he had some affiliation still. But as far as like asking about his time with the Hornets – we might have some players like that. It might not be just your Dave Hop, uh, Hoppin. We might do some Tim Kempton stuff and uh, figure out some of the other obscure players. All right, that'll do it. You want to finish with some comments or you just want to end it there because we're already over time?
2: Um, <laughs> this is a funny comment. EB Camp uh, coming in. Spend some time away from the pod. Welcome back. Welcome back, EB Thank Camp. You very much. But then EB Camp asks, where's Nada?
0: <laughs> he spent a lot of time away. Not yeah. a while. Uh Nada, Nada, Nada has
2: a has a great uh, gig right now uh, doing some podcasting with uh, CBS Sports, and he's yeah he's, he's the producer of the
0: Ion College Basketball Podcast. That's CBS. a pretty big
2: podcast. It is. Uh, it's pretty big. But he comes back on the show every once in a while. Well, he's really busy. I mean, I'd love to have him on the show more, but he um, he's uh, big time in it now, so he's big timing us. Um, so, get in his mentions right now. Go to Twitter, say, mm-hmm. get go Not back. And don't rem- remember where you came from, locked on Hornets. Right. They, we made you, Nada.
0: Well, wow. <laughs> There you go. Just that was of... Doug. That was Doug. <laughs> yeah, that was Doug who said that. All right. You want to finish up with any more? Is that it?
2: Uh, I mean, a lot of great comments. Tony okay. saying, go after Coach K. Uh, I think uh, that Dying. they released some odds. Coach K was, I think, 100 to 1 to coach the Lakers. So, I mean, you never know. Get George Carl out of retirement. Carl's got wow. some finals experience. Oh, there you go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 50. He won 50 games.
2: 50. Yeah, it's a big number. It's a round number. It's a nice number. Uh, Yeah, I think
0: that's
2: uh, scrolling, 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 scrolling. I think that's going to do it.
0: A lot right. of great comments. That'll there. do it. Yep. Thank you guys for tuning in to this fun Friday, this hive live. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Now make your second listen locked on NBA from the first jump ball of the play in tournament to the last possession of the NBA finals, locked on experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. Thanks to david for joining us creating a new game thanks to doug for being 100 percent focused in the first segment and thanks to everybody else for joining us throughout this entire week we'll be back with you on monday